Yeah, Please yeah. pack pretty, Pedro Pascal's Polly po- Pockets Pascal's in your pocket. Polly Pockets. Pretty, pretty, please. Please pocket Pedro Pascal's Pretty Polly Pockets, pretty, please. <laughs> pretty, please pocket Pretty Pedro Pascal's Pretty Polly Pockets. Pretty, 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 please pocket Pedro Pascal's Pretty Polly Pockets, please. Shell-shocked soldiers' shoulders, assless chaps. You know Eunice, you know Eunice, you know you need unique Eunice. Unique <laughs> Eunice. I met your unique niece Eunice in Nice. She's very nice. <laughs> Welcome aboard to Everybody Ships Us. I'm Shelley Norfleet. I'm Bonnie Dolan. And we are best friends and roommates, and that's it. We know everybody not so secretly ships us, which gave us a brilliant idea. We decided to date for one hour each week right here in our living room and see where it leads. And today's a very special date because we are going on our first double date. That's right. Our pals, Anatasha Blakely and Jacob Sorling, were kind enough to host us at their hotel in Los Angeles. We had the best time talking about how they met, love languages, and how to advocate for your partner in group settings. Anatasha Blakely is an actor, writer, comedian, and filmmaker. She studied comedy at Iowa West and clowning at the School for Theater Creators. She's taught and performed improv around the country and is part of an L.A.-based improv ensemble called Storm Chaser, who we absolutely adore. And Jacob Sorling is an exceptionally talented actor, comedian, improviser, and producer who also studied comedy at I.O.S. He's most known for his work in the short film Inch Thick, Knee Deep, and performs as part of an improv duo called Buddy Puzzle, the other half of which is his other half, Anatasha Blakely. We love him, and we know you're going to love him, too. Because what is dating if not, I don't know, learning what it takes to make a loving relationship work and not yucking each other's yum. Make sure you stay tuned for our competitive round of the newlywed game in part two. And let's do this. But we're not dating at all. Do you guys know what we're doing today? No. (laughs) I've told them nothing. Oh, should we tell them? Mm. We're just here for the ride. We're gonna... We're going to be on it with you. Just crest the hill, man. Exactly. Like a clown, I like to experience the emotion. Is that an innuendo? What? I don't make those. Yeah. Jacob's a clown. He just takes it as it comes. That's an innuendo. (laughs) That's an innuendo. (laughs) Nice. Man, you both look so cute all the time. I feel like such a schlup next to you. I don't even know what that word means. It just feels right. You know what? It took us 17 years to figure out what we were going to wear today. Yeah. And then also (laughs) to your premiere. Oh it my took God. us so long to figure there out what was to wear. Legitimately, like 10 minutes before we had to leave, I was like, I don't think I can go. I don't know what to wear. It took us a long time to yeah, figure that's, out what we were going to wear. I don't you guys looked great. We like Thank talked you. about it. Yeah, we did. How great you guys looked. <laughs> I was going to wear my suit from the short film, The Wake, that we did. But um, I lost the clasp on my vest, which that, I didn't yeah. even know was a thing. But then when the... Oh, the back thing. Yeah. We mm. called one of the cheap suit places on Hollywood Boulevard, but they... Just they just kind of dismissed us. That's rude. Yeah, but luckily I brought another suit jacket. So that's but still, how dare they? 
You cool with playing a game today? Yeah. Great. Uh, I want to play a game every day. Excellent. <laughs> Rhyme or die. So happy. <laughs> Rhyme or die. That was oh, one God. of the short films. It was really fun. Really? It was what British. Was it? it was just an improv game, but it was like she kidnapped five people and two of them were major hip hop artists. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, we're going to play a simple game, rhyme or die. Like first round, you just have to do one couplet. And then the people are like, oh, uh, is this real? And then there was like this contraption on their neck that would kill ooh, them. Ooh. And then one guy was like, you're always taking everyone's like spots and not uplifting other artists. So I'm taking you down. And then they're like, we're supposed to work together. And he's like, I'm not gonna. And then it was so, it was so good. I need to see this. It's like bad improv, but it'll kill you if you do bad improv. That's why it was so great. Cause the stakes were like as high as you want the stakes to be in short form. Yes. Like, Dude, it's like stakes. karaoke or die, but you would actually die. Yeah. Do you played karaoke or die with us? No. Oh, what what is karaoke or die? Here, it's, let, me get, let me get on the thing. Tell me. Yeah. Karaoke or die is where you go to a karaoke bar with a group and you don't get to pick your own song and you also don't know what it's going to be until you get up there and it mm. starts playing. And if you know it, you got to do it. If you don't know it, you got to do it. Yeah. There was a song I, I didn't know. I don't I like karaoke casually, but the idea of you have to do it no matter what makes me like it more. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's really like fun you and also high anxiety. Yeah. Like she picked the song and I will always love you for me. And I know the belty chorus part. I don't know the verses. So I just made it up and it, it worked out. Maybe. It seems like there's too much of like a pressure of being good at karaoke. So. A lot of people use karaoke actually as an avenue to showcase their talent. So then that's why I'm so like, no, it. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think this game is what I did to mitigate that pressure. Cause I didn't, I didn't want any part of that type of right. karaoke experience. You I want to get up and be like, <laughs> and that's coming from you and you're a great singer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, but if karaoke is like about whether or not you're a great singer, I hate it. But if it's about just, trying stuff and being dumb. I love it. See, I use karaoke as a time to really hone my crowd work. <laughs> I really like to get the audience involved. Sing along. <laughs> How you doing tonight? Looks like a good meal you got there. What's the All deal right. with airports? <laughs> I was thinking more tequila. <laughs> <laughs> just like kind of shimmying around the room. You're just talking to him for five minutes and like, tequila. <laughs> Come on, get dance with me. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's my new karaoke song, Jacob. I'm gonna it's just put a tight five, but then you and say then you tequila. And you just talk to them and go, it's tequila. And then talk more. Use it to like talk about important issues that like you finally have a platform. People will listen. <laughs> and just say tequila. Like global warming is a pandemic. Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you both for coming, Tasha and Jacob. You came to us. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah, it was I'm, hard to get here, but um, <laughs> here we are. Technically, you did fly quite a few miles to get here. That's fair. So thank you for coming that far. Yeah, and then we came the rest. Yeah, we it's like the 90-10 like thing from yeah, Hitch, was, right? Yeah, this was the priority getting out into Los Angeles. And then the premiere we just did uh, for our film uh, was secondary. secondary. Yeah, right. it was so convenient that it worked out that like... <laughs> 
you know, you came out here for a podcast and then your premiere (laughs) happened to be right where you were staying. (laughs) Your premiere for your excellent (laughs) film, by the way. Thank you. Inch thick, knee deep. Thank you for both of you came and it was it was meant a lot to us. So we appreciate you making your presence known. Here's a question. Was that your first film festival director's debut? Was that your debut as a director? It was kind of my film festival debut, period. I don't think I've ever even been. What is that? What is that? Construction. Ambient sound. It's so ambient. You know what? Oh, it's a vacuum. A hundred percent. It's a housekeeper vacuuming. Nice. And they're probably right below us. You know what? Let's just like take a beat and I'm just going to listen and then we're going to like start the recording over again just to see. (laughs) I love it. What crime would you two commit without any questions asked if the other person was like, I want to commit this Trespassing. Trespassing. I love this answer and I love that you had it ready. <laughs> it was like so locked and loaded. Well, that's, We've definitely that's done just who it. we are. Yeah. yeah. If we see, if something's like open, if something's not locked, we'll be like, let's walk in there. Yeah. Not breaking and entering. We're not going to anyone's private homes, but we're definitely like, there's a theater. We're going into that catwalk. We're finding a way to get on that yeah. stage. Oh, dang. So, so if, if someone like leaves a theater open and usually the, the big one, nice ones for some reason are the ones that get left open. Yes. We'll be like, let's walk around and be like, what's the dressing room like? Oh, what's the stage like? <laughs> Oh, and we've done this many times. Yeah. Wow. And admitting to it uh, on an audio recording. I just want well, I I, I to normal- catch us now. Yeah, I want to normalize it. Yeah, so. normalize trespassing. <laughs> yes. Normalize crime, actually. Honestly. Okay, yeah. well. I always say, if there's stigmatized crime. We're not going to hop a fence, but if a theater's open, we will just walk around until someone's like, hey, you can't be in here. And we'll be like, oh, sorry. We'll what if leave. there's like a wide opening in a fence? And there's That's a no an trespassing sign on the fence, but it's almost like it's almost it's like a wink. Invitation. You know, it's like What's no on trespassing. The other side of the fence? Wink. Is it good? A theater. <laughs> a, yeah, like a nice theater you haven't been in. Here's the here's how I I don't I don't think we would do that one because we tried to go see this theater in Provo, that Castle Amphitheater. And they fenced the whole thing off. And that's when that was my line. I was like, OK, we can't. It was also I mean, that one was a little interesting because it was the property of a hospital. And so they fenced everything off because of COVID. So then we're it was like, also oh, like, yeah. well, we're like, we can't. that could be a we health can't. issue. Yeah. But today, actually, when we dropped Tasha's brother off at the airport, um, we went to the Sheraton Hotel at LAX to use the restroom. And there's this building that says 15 minute parking and we parked in it and started walking away and this guy came running out like it was like you can't park there this is a government building like unless you're going into our building you can't park there so then tasha and i took turns um in the car (laughs) while the other person went in and what i love that tasha did is she parked in front of the parking spot but not in the parking spot i was just like i was like all right i'll just park i'll just stay in the road (laughs) and was just in the car yeah and and then came out and was like, well, no one even pulled up to use it. So I thought, I'm just going to block it until, <laughs> nice. until you come back. It was less mean than that and more just like, if he, if I can't be there, then I guess I won't be there. But I'm still going to wait for him to come out of the bathroom. And it was less about that guy in particular, but that there's zero parking over there because they just don't want people, I don't know, staying in their cars anywhere. So there you go. Jacob and I like to take up space. So trespassing. Ugh, yeah, teach us sure. how to do that. Yeah. We, we need to take up more space. <laughs> we 
We're working on it. Well, Bonnie, you guys took up a lot of space dancing just now. <laughs> True. Well, well it's because this is a safe space. Actually, no, we take up dancing space in unsafe spaces Anywhere. too. We did it on this walk over here. <laughs> but Bonnie needs to work on rule breaking in general. Okay. We were That's literally fair. parked downstairs in the 10 minute check-in area. And she was getting anxious because we weren't checking in and we were taking like a little bit longer than 10 minutes. And she's like, I feel like somebody's going to be mad at us. That's it's my best check-in friend. area. My best friend, Kathy, is a rule follower. And I am I am a question the rule. If it makes sense, I'll follow it person. So some, so there's definitely been times when she's like, you're embarrassing me. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> That oh, is sweet. a full parallel yeah. to our relationship. <laughs> it's like, I, I like to follow rules too, but I feel like there's a little bit of wiggle room and obviously I'm not going to do anything that's going to like anger somebody or hurt somebody, but yeah. like 15 minutes in a 10 minute check-in spot is fine. Look, I was just getting anxious because that's who I am as a person, but I also didn't move my car. I didn't move. I didn't do anything. And I'll tell you, I had a little bit of anxiety because they have all these signs saying, like, no guests in your room or something. Yeah. But we're staying here a long time. So I was like, we're paying way too much money to this place for them to, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit above a rule like, like that. Well, also, we're not. it's not like we're having a party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to think we're having a dance party. But we're not having a party. It's just four of us talking, you know? Yeah. And you can't have people come up to your room. It's not like we're staying here. No. It's not like we're trying to. You, you can know, if trick you want. them. I mean, we planned on it. We b- brought clothes. <laughs> we brought our suitcase. And, um, so we're going to be here. We but, have an extra bed. Nice. But it's not like they know that. You know what I mean? And we can sleep in the same bed. Yay. Have we done that before? Yeah. How many times? Every night for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> From here on out. Hey, you're jumping too far ahead. We're still figuring it out. We did it when we went to the Bree's cabin. Oh, you're right. When we go on vacations, we sleep together. Do you? Okay, I have a question. What's your love languages? I love this question. Yeah. We're so compatible in this area. So the love language I give is acts of service and the love language I receive is quality time. The love language I receive is acts of service and the love language I give is quality time. So... Awesome. (laughs) I mean, the most, right? Like, but then there's other situations where, like, you'll come home and give me a gift, which is lovely. Yes. And I receive gifts very highly, but I also don't give gifts. So I have to remember to give gifts back. This is fascinating. Gifts. I, I'm okay about getting gifts Uh, in a previous relationship. That was my partner's love language and it just wasn't translating for me. But Bonnie's also really good at words of affirmation and I suck at receiving them, but I like it. And I also suck at giving them because I just don't think about it unless it's like, hey, you look nice. I'm like, oh, hey, you too. Yeah. So, Jacob, what were you going to say? Bonnie brought us gifts. Oh, I, I haven't did. Sp- I haven't spent a lot of time with Bonnie. And the moment you came to stay with us, you brought us gifts. I did. I, I liked that. Yeah. I brought you each a book. I th- I like giving books as gifts because it's like you spend time thinking about what this person might like to spend a good amount of time with. And and I I like that. It's well for people that I know, I can do that. People yeah. I don't know, I'm like I'll I'll get them a book as a gift, but it'll be more of a a book that I liked that I don't know if they're going to like. But with you two, I was like this is a book for you and this is a book for you. And I liked picking that out. That was fun for me. 
I like getting presents. I don't know that it's my number one love, love language, but it's a huge love language in the Blakely household. You can ask Jacob, like my parents and my brother, they're huge gift givers. Oh, really? And that is, I think, their number one way of being like, hey, love you. So do you know your love languages and like how, if they're compatible, if they're not compatible, if it's... Um... Yeah, I think we both are big on touch. Well, touch for me, 100%. Um, I don't want to speak for Jacob, but we're also... I would say both of our number ones is probably quality time. I think he likes to receive service and that's not my first instinct. So I have to remember to try to do that better. What do you think, Jacob? I honestly have no idea. I like them all. They're very <laughs> nice. Lo- love languages and love. Equal yeah. opportunity, sending, love language. giving, receiving. Yeah, it is all Having nice. And giving. I think I'm better at acts of service. In general, like my giving language is yeah, his acts of service. I'm spoiled. <laughs> I, yeah, touch is really important to me. I, I don't feel like that's one I can function without in a relationship. Like I'm very like, I need you to hold my hand. Um, but quality time is really important to us. Yeah. Like we just want to hang out all the time. And COVID made it really apparent that we can just hang out <laughs> all the time and be cool with it. <laughs> Is there a limit to that? Is there ever a point at which either of you need some space from the other person? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to, we both like to have alone time, but we're kind of like, we have to be like, I'm going to have alone time now because if we don't, we'll just keep hanging out because we're so drawn. Yeah. It's like healthy food or meditation. Like your body's telling you you want it, but you're like, what I, like you kind of just know you need it, but it's not like you're ever really necessarily craving it where you're like, yes, finally. Most of the time, it's just like, oh, I'm so thankful I did that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, all right, I guess I'll take like a minute of alone time. Yeah. Here's a related question. Do you identify as extroverts then, or is it an ambivert situation? What's that? It's where you're sort of in some way both an extrovert and an introvert at roughly equal measure. I think for me, I'm equal measure. I definitely present as an extrovert. I'm very social, social butterfly. But if I don't have time to sit and write and think, I get like really agitated. Yeah, I don't like being responsible to anyone very much. Um, but then I also find myself feeling kind of lonely. <laughs> but I find myself being lonely when I'm alone too long. And I'm like crave a little bit of outside attention. Yeah, I, I'm kind of that way too. Is like I, I definitely enjoy alone time. But I also get really lonely and also FOMO <laughs> if, like, I know that my friends are hanging out, but I'm taking my alone time. So I don't know. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but. Are either of you touchy people? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> Neither of you? I didn't grow up with that as a sort of love language in my household. So I'm getting more used to it. I do. I think in a romantic relationship, it's more about touch. But with friends, I, I'm... I don't know. The other person has to initiate it and I'm fine with it, but I'm not one to initiate, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely overthink a lot when it comes to touch. Like like Bonnie said, with partners, it's a little bit different. Once you get that comfort level, then I'm a little bit more like easily I can touch you. But with my friends, I think it's weird to like just go up and, and hug unless there's like a reason like hello, goodbye or congratulations or I'm sorry. Like those are the <laughs> excuses I have for hugging. Outside of that, like hugging, hand holding, like resting my hand on somebody, it's just strange to me. I think I feel the same way as you about the hugging, except 
I realize I'm like trying to lean in on um, sharing physical love with friends that I do care about because I've noticed with people in my life that are like not huggers, like my stepfather, like they'll be like, oh, it's kind of give you the side hug. But then when you go for a hug and you're like, I'm just going to lean in and, and share my love with you. They like weirdly get happier. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, mm. I think there's something. And I feel like a little better about that. So then I'm like, okay, just be okay with that, with the people that are especially like that you're fond of. You have been working on physical touch for a little bit. Say. We've been hugging more. Yeah. I, I told her that I need to practice. So we've been hugging more. She's like <laughs> trying to like hey, give important. me more excuses yeah. to hug. You thaw out how you feel about hugs when you do it more. Yeah. I don't, I realized that I was about to say, oh, I want to like curl into my friends and have them curl into me and like just hug forever. But that's not a hundred percent true. I only like it if I can tell the other person also likes it. I don't want to hug someone very long if I can tell that they don't want to hug. Yeah. But yeah. if there's someone else who is like, oh, touch is my love language and it's my love language, then I'm like, let's curl up together and cuddle. And I love that. Yeah. It definitely depends on the person because I had a friend that when we started becoming friends, immediately she was very touchy and like hugged me all the time. And so as that relationship grew, I got very comfortable with it. And so I would always just like hug her. We'd like be cuddling on the couch. But Bonnie and I, like we never really had that as part of our relationship. So trying to establish that later on is definitely ma- it's messing with my brain, but I can do it. I'm capable of it. I believe in myself. Here's, here's a situation where it's hard for me to initiate touch when you're crying, Shelly, mm. on the couch or something, and something has happened, I am I, I don't know whether or not to put my hand on your knee if that's not what you need, if I should just hug you and I just I never know, and I don't want to also ask for you to take care of me in that moment because <laughs> so I don't really reveal that I feel awkward about it, but I have a sort of I, my brain is like, if you don't do this and she needs you to do this, you're failing her. And then if you do do this and she really didn't need to be touched, you have now violated her. <laughs> okay, I'm really curious about what Shelly has to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a guess. Okay, I would say always go for the handhold first, and if somebody grabs your hand back, they probably need a hug. But if you go to hold their hand and they kind of like squeeze it and like, oh, they probably don't want you to touch them. But I could be wrong. Shelly? That's actually really smart. I was going to say like, go for it. Um, because, But it's very similar. Like if I need it, I'll probably like grab onto you or like, you know, meet you in some way or just let it happen. Yeah. And if I don't need it, I'll probably just like, you know, find a way to pull away. <laughs> probably like the way puppies are, you know, when like a kid's crying and the puppy's like, no, no, and like gets in the face. But then sometimes they're like, no, get away from me. And yeah. then the dog's exactly. like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm never going to. take my cues from animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just be a puppy. You know, I'm never going to like be mad at the puppy for trying to, trying to help me. I'm just going to be like, I don't need this right now. Okay. So like be my inner Labrador. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Jacob is definitely his like Patronus is definitely some kind of dog. I haven't figured out what, <laughs> but he is a puppy. I feel like I'm going to take a minute to let everybody know who they're listening to. Oh, that's oh, yeah, fair. We sorry. should do that. <laughs> Oops. We are here with our two favorite people, Anatasha Blakely and Jacob Sorling. Hello. Welcome. What's up? I hope I said your names right. Yeah. I've never like really said well, your, your full favorite names. people. So, uh, 
You're the only one who says it, right? Yeah, you're the only one. Nice. Can't fail. This is our very first double date. Very first double date, first on location pod. Yes. We are not in our living room, people. We are not in our living room. Yeah, so... Uh, apologies if you feel lied to. We we tell them that we will date for an hour each week in our living room, and we are not in our living we got room. A cheap but we're hotel. in a yeah, we got a cheap <laughs> for our double date. Uh, <laughs> so you know, you know where this is about to go. Comedy, comedy. Well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves and and how you know each other? We met at Io West when it was open, which is an old improv comedy club in Hollywood. And we were both comedians and actors and artists. And we met on the stairs during one of our favorite improv shows, The Reckoning and Cook County Social Club. We were sort of introduced by Holly, who's on The Reckoning, and then re-met on the stairs. We met. Holly introduced us and Tasha didn't remember. Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) To be fair. Yeah, to be fair. So I followed her team, Storm Chaser, for years and years and got the same coach as them just to uh, try and impress her at some point. that's not what happened. (laughs) Holly introduced us, but this is what happened. I was alone at the bar at I.O. and Jacob was with his improv team, which was like a couple other white dudes and a girl. So the girl... Allie, I remembered meeting, but the other ones I was like, it's a bunch of dudes, but there was multiple people I was meeting. So I didn't remember him and he remembered me because there was only one of me, you know, and it was very brief. And then after that, uh, her team Storm Chaser did a show I hosted and she didn't remember me then. <laughs> oh, damn, we added Tasha. each other on Facebook and corresponded over email, which she didn't remember either. Wow. But then, I, <laughs> but then I started seeing him house managing at IO, and I was like, "That's the hot house manager." Like I labeled him the hot house manager in my head. Nice. And so when he talked to me on the stairs at the reckoning, I was like, oh, "The hot house manager's talking to me," <laughs> and I was like, "He's very cute." So, so how many times did you meet before you labeled him as the hot house manager? Once for sure. Twice. Probably at that indie improv show. But but I don't know if we met or just saw each other or what, but we definitely ran in similar circles for a while. So, And then when did you start dating? Like how long did you know each other before you started dating? Mm, a little over a month. Probably wow. two months. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But it was like we met and I remember thinking, because it's really hard to make adult friends, let alone in LA, where mm-hmm. it's like travel time and parking Unless you really think somebody's the shit, it's hard to make friends. Totally. And so I, I remember when I met him and we we talked a bunch, I was like, whoa, I think I just met my new best friend. Like I wasn't even oh, thinking wow. romantic anything. I, I was just like, yeah, he's cute. But I was like, you know, it's, I was like, he, what are the odds he's going to like me? And I don't even know if he's available. And I was like, eh. But I was like, he's like my new best friend though. He's super cool. I was like, I want to hang out with him again tomorrow. And then we just never stopped hanging out. Well, Mostly. <laughs> quality time. Yeah, quality time. <laughs> I can hear that vacuum again. Is it the same vacuum? Probably, but in so a different So everyone, room. you're just getting the ambiance of our Holiday Inn. Mm. So you're with us, you know? There you're it welcome. is. You could hear it turn off. Special ASMR Holiday Inn edition. <laughs> <laughs> it really feels like we're there, you know? <laughs> we're trying to transport you. You're on vacation with us. <laughs> welcome to our cheap motel room. That's right. That's right. So I want to talk about Kathy. Who doesn't? 
I want to talk about Kathy because she's your best friend and we're best friends. Yes. And thank God you said it finally. <laughs> were you worried about that? A little bit. Okay. Rest assured, you are my best friend. And we're sort of starting to think about what might happen if we don't end up dating each other and we end up dating other people like Jacob. We're, we're not dating We're not going to date Jacob. You're dating Jacob. That's what. <laughs> are you breaking up with me? <laughs> <laughs> we are going to collectively date Jacob. Now. Well, if Tosh is available, I want to call Dan. <laughs> If we're breaking them up. Wow. <laughs> this is actually why we brought you here is to try and break you up so we can eat. Don't reveal our plan too early, Shelly. Okay, well, if things don't work out with you and Shelly, I call dibs on you again. <laughs> nice. You think I'd lose her? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, I'm not even sure how I did. <laughs> so happy and uncomfortable. <laughs> Here's my question. How do you two balance prioritizing your relationship with, while also prioritizing your deep best friendship with Kathy? Um, okay, so I would say that at first, when we were like a while back, when we were like dating people before she met her husband, before I met Jacob, it, like at first it was really hard um, because we've been friends since we were like 13 and you know, going into dating for the first time, there were, there were times when I was like, Oh, I hate this guy. She's dating. This sucks, you know, but she, so she met her husband before I met Jacob. So that was like kind of the first time that we had that. And luckily he was someone that felt like he felt like an extension of her where I like loved him. And it was like, Oh, this is also my best friend now. And that's cool. And that's, I think best case scenario for something like that. So I was grateful for that. But you know, I definitely remember times being very, because we, we moved to different cities in the middle of college and have kind of had that distance between us for a long time. And there were many times when I was very depressed and heartbroken about the distance between us, because it is something where you're like, this person's like a soulmate to me and I love them. And it feels weird to not be with them all the time. And you, I don't know. It does just like kind of get better and you figure out ways to keep connected. But, you know, there's still, yeah, there's definitely still times where it's like, oh, we, I, we need to, we need to go on like a buddy date. Like we have to set aside time to go on a buddy date because she has two kids now. And I, Jacob and I are, you know, especially during like COVID, it was like, we're, we're getting used to hanging out all the time. Yeah. So you have to really pencil it in. Which is weird because when you're when you're used to being together all the time, you're like, I've never had to pencil you in. That's insane. I'm with you all the time. But it becomes very like, we haven't done this in a while. We need to, you know. What's it? I mean, what's it like from your perspective, Jacob? Well, it's easy. It's easy for me uh, because you already want to spend all your time with me. And you you, <laughs> you have this relationship with Kathy that. I can just see is different than, than your relationship with me. So I'm more encouraging of you hanging out with her. I'm like, you're always around me. Go, go be with her. So I think like, if anything, I help you keep a relationship by being like, you really haven't seen her in a while. Like, why, why don't you go do this? Why don't you go do that? Cause sometimes she's like, well, they're busy or oh, I'm doing this other thing. And I'm like, no, you got to pick a day, just pick a day this week. So 
And with Kathy's husband, are you two buds? Yeah, I love Jared. He's, yeah. We have a little bit of a bromance, I would say. Yeah. Are you attracted to him? Very. He's a very handsome man. He, he's got some beautiful dreads. He may or may not have asked me to ask you that and get it on recording. Oh. <laughs> Jared, if you're listening to this, you're a very, very handsome man. And, uh, <laughs> I want you to close your eyes and imagine what we could be. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All right. Well, That's I then call then dibs if it doesn't work out with oh, Jared. Well, it'll, <laughs> if, we ever, if we ever make it happen, it's definitely not unhappening. Well, the, it's nice. Yeah. I feel like the four of us, like we love their girls too. Um, what's up, Astrid? What's up, Astrid? What's, what's up, up, Piper? They're like our what's little up, buddies. Astrid and Piper? Astrid and Piper. Um, apologies for any language you may hear. I don't know how old they are, actually. Three and five. This is um, the target audience, then. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely listening right now. Yeah. It's nice. We all, like, go camping together and, you know, go to their little soccer games, and it's very cute. Uh-huh. So if you guys don't end up together and you want kids, assuming you want kids, there might be soccer games in your future cute oh also one thing that's really cool is it's cool to be like that person's a soulmate and then you're like and then they have little buddies and you're like this is also my little best friend because it's just like a little them oh it's so great it's also it's cute that tasha and i've been together long enough that we pick up mannerisms and have some similarities in our humor and some of the ways we talk and then to see that like Kathy and Tasha are very similar people. They're like the only two that I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like a little set. It's like a doppelganger to Tasha. (laughs) But it's weird because I already feel like I probably am like the male counterpart at this point of Tasha. But Kathy's like another Tasha. There's different variants of each other. I think so, yeah. (laughs) So, So what's your relationship like with Kathy, Jacob? It's good. She, I mean, when I proposed to Tasha, I like you know, asked Kathy to help me, her and Chase, who we're we're staying with currently in Utah, um, two of her best friends from high school. And uh, they were more than happy to like really do anything I needed. They, I mean, they drove three and a half hours and like set up an entire proposal because I couldn't see it or coordinate during COVID, like on my behalf for her. And and that meant a lot to me too for my relationship with them. This is really enlightening for me to listen to because I don't think I have dated somebody who has valued my relationship with Shelly in the way that you're describing um, how you value Tasha's relationship with Kathy. Like I've dated people that have acknowledged her importance in my life, but have not really understood her value And that is probably one of the primary characteristics I'm now looking for in somebody. If it's not Shelly, it should be somebody who knows how great Shelly is to me. And so this is like underscoring that for me right now. If anything, I'm like the prop. My problem is that I'm I get too frustrated at the lack of them hanging out. (laughs) I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Get out of here. And he knows that it's like good for my emotional health to like be able to spend time with my best friend. So that makes sense. But uh, you know, I won't lie. I mean, it all sounds like roses and daisies and whatnot, but it's, there's definitely times where you're like, it's hard because it's almost like, not like you're going through a friend breakup, but when your relationship changes and morphs, even when it's something good where you're like, I love her husband and I love her kids and she loves Jacob. It's still just change. And that, that change is, it's a, it is a hard transformation. So I would say that that change is difficult and I would expect that there is some pain in that, but it's all 
like looking forward to something where you're like, it's worth it and it's good. And, and my partner appreciates them. It's not, it's not because of anything like toxic or jealous or like yucky. It's, it's just like, whoa, this has to change. I don't see you as much. That's hard, you know? Yeah. I definitely can see how, you know, right now, Bonnie is my priority. It's like, that's my person. Yeah. I said that to you the other day. Yeah. I was like, you're my priority. If you feel uncomfortable, we're going home. Yeah. But to the possibility of the priorities changing is just very strange. And even like the possibility of my priorities changing, I don't like that. That's kind of maybe one reason why I'm not really seriously trying to date people. This really? is a This is an interesting question for you guys because then you go, how much do you not want your priorities to change? Because there's nothing, there's nothing in the, there's nothing that says, I mean, except for like fucking societal pressure, but there's nothing that's like, you don't, you don't need it to change. It doesn't have to change. If you're both like, no, I'd rather have this like, great. Yeah. But okay. Here's another scenario. We're talking about relationships changing and how things might shift and how that's uncomfortable. I have been thinking about in the next few years, possibly going to grad school for directing. And I don't know where in the world that would take me. It might take me to exactly where I am right now, or it might be across the country or something else. And thinking about changing my living situation, I do not want to do that. That makes me very upset. Would you go with her? Yeah, I was going to say, bold of you to assume I wouldn't follow you. Because <laughs> that's how I ended up in Long Beach, is is I pretty much followed Bonnie there. I mean, I also have no real ties anywhere. So I'm, I'm just going where the important things are. And Bonnie I think this is, is maybe important. This is why they say through sickness and in health, though, too, because change is inevitable. Even if you are like, no, we're good. We're staying in this apartment. Like, you know, health catches up with you and you're like, well, now you have to go take this medication or you can't walk up these stairs or you have this particular diet you have to eat. Like that stuff or happens for whether a job or for school yeah. or whatever. So then you go, I mean, maybe that's all the priority of your day, your really habits is, is as they we, change. Yeah. We want to change together. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe that's something that we can just decide. Like you're saying mm-hmm. society is dictated one way, but we don't always have to uh, you know, subscribe to that. And we can also shift that. So the pattern because becomes something else. We can just say like, we're signing up to put each other's needs and talk about changes like we would in a romantic relationship. And since neither one of us has that in anybody else right now, we don't have to. If you really commit to that too, society at least is like open to that part because like, that's why so many couples work together and and like they do have things and systems set up to help families because it's like uh, Tasha and I are great about this. We're always advocating for each other. So like Tasha being this sexy, hot, powerful female, like Asian lady is getting a lot of uh, attention in areas <laughs> that myself is the white guy doesn't. But I she's always <laughs> she's always like, hey, but uh, my partner can can he come and. And if not, I don't know if I'm going to come. So then people are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, totally. And um, we haven't, we, we've had it with a few things, probably like going to Alabama, like, and, and working on two of the shows over two different years there. I feel like because of our partnership is what got both of us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, actually, that um, there's been sort of because of this, like, movement 
in the career field to be like, oh, if you're a minority or anything, like we like we want to give you attention for that reason, which is that's a whole other subject. But it is really interesting that I'm able to get some attention for some things that um, in the past probably I would not have been able to and Jacob would have been able to and the reverse has happened. Right. Um, but then there's still other times when like we're at this film festival now or when we go up to people, like people will assume that they're there to talk to Jacob first normally, mm. um, which makes sense. Cause I mean, we've seen all these shorts and it's still just like mostly dudes yeah. directing. Mostly you know? white men. It's yeah. nice that we have this like gravitational pull though. Cause they'll look to me and like, I'm, I'm in love with the film that we've made, but I'm also like, no, you have to talk to her. This is her baby. What do you have to say? Hey, show them your badge. Look, this is the filmmaker. And then so I can also like start the conversation, get people excited as well. And like, it's almost like we're using our power together. Yes. With our powers combined, (laughs) we will figure the system out. (laughs) I love that. I find myself in a similar role sometimes with different conversations where Shelly and I will find ourselves in a situation and I will find that people are directing questions more to me than they are to Shelly. And I always have to be the decision maker in my brain of what questions am I going to take and which ones am I going to support Shelly speaking on and re- rerouting that. And as a partnership, it is, it's, it's an interesting place to be. I wish I, I wish I wasn't the person that people assumed was the project manager, it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. And it's also hard for me because, you know, this is, some these new uh, projects we're working on and these experiences we're having, this is my first time really having a seat at the table. And I don't know what to say at this table. I've never been at this table before. So a lot of the times when things are directed at me, I kind of <laughs> tend to look to Bonnie because most people have been directing it towards her. So it's it's also a matter of me, you know, wanting to step step up and be there for my partner and and trying to figure that out too. Yeah, that's a complicated place for both of us, I think. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. I think it relates back, this relates back to kind of where we started, which is listening to the two of you talk about your dynamic makes you go, so what is the difference to you between this partnership that you clearly have and like the needs that you might have for a romantic partner? Like, where's the line where you're like, this is what would change it for me, or this is what would make it that and is different? Like, is it all, I know we mentioned touch or physicality, is that the line or are there other things that you feel like are not in your partnership? Mm, That's a great question. I mean, honestly, we get most everything we need from a partner from each other. I think (laughs) the big one is probably just sex is we don't we're not attracted to each other in that way uh, i don't really foresee that changing right but what's <laughs> <laughs> hmm, you yeah, never, never know, know. have but, you guys ever kissed yeah yeah oh damn we were drunk though yeah oh okay okay wait hold on is this a story or is it not really it was we were drunk we were in vegas we were like we've i've never kissed a girl neither have i let's just do it because you know i was and like have you kissed other girls since I haven't. No. But, oh, no, we kissed. Okay, so there were six of us in this Vegas hotel room. Three boys, three girls. And all of the girls kissed each other. Gotcha. So I've kissed you and I've kissed Elizabeth. Yes. Um, I have not when kissed. We say, oh, no. Not, not no, to get too saucy, but when we say kiss, like, are we talking like, happy New Year's, 
Mwah. Or are we talking like kissing? It's more than mwah, but it's not a full makeout. Yeah. There was no time. It didn't like makeout and there was no like body touching. It was, it was like a longer kiss that involved no tongue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I haven't kissed anyone, any woman since either. I have also drunkenly kissed other women. I've just now remembered that. <laughs> it's all drunk because we were baby bisexuals when that happened. I don't think either of us. No, we weren't knew. out. Yeah, yeah. That that was true about either one of us. And, and when did. That's no, very true. I'm sorry. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I love it. We when should mention you... at this point that Tasha also has a podcast, so that's probably okay. why the, sorry. The, <laughs> things are flipping. No, it was perfect. Um, but when did you realize you were bisexual? Was there, like, did you have a moment or was it, like, kind of just became clear over time? I was thinking about this the other day, uh, trying to figure out when we, because I think Bonnie was the first person I, like, came out to. And it wasn't really, like, I'm bisexual. It was just, like, hey, I think I'm uh, attracted to women. But I think it was in a conversation where she was also talking about her attraction to women. Yeah, we we basically revealed it or tested it, let's say, to each other at this in the same conversation. So we were realizing it around the same time, but I think we had pretty separate journeys with it. Yeah, and I but I feel like we were talking about it early on uh twenty twenty. Like I feel like it was early COVID. For some reason I'm I'm oh, thinking quite I think it was earlier than that. Really? Because we were talking to the neighbors early COVID about us being attracted to women, but we had talked about it much earlier Dude, than that. your guys' relationship reads like a fanfic. I don't know <laughs> what else to tell you. Like, it, I can't, it really reads like fan fiction. I'm like, what is happening? We are best friends for five novels and then something changed. <laughs> <laughs> we should just put out our own fanfic about us so that other people don't have to do it. We should write it? Yeah. <laughs> our own fanfic? Exactly. Just take it from my diary, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's already there. (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask because um, you two are together, you are creatives, and you work together a lot. And I want to know what what it's like is it challenging at times or is it pretty like seamless like it's just really natural for you guys to always be working on a project together i wouldn't say it's always seamless but i would say we figured out a pretty good system i don't really think we've ever come to a head about being like we can't move forward but we've seen little roadblocks that we had to figure out how to navigate so i think now we've come to the realization that like one of us has to kind of head a project. So if one of us is really interested in something, it's like, oh, yeah, you have to take the lead, but I'll be here to assist you every step of the way. Like for Inch Thick Knee Deep, like Tasha came up with a shot list. She wrote the script. Like she worked with Sam to figure out like the location and how they were going to, what they were going to shoot on and and working with Whitney in the rehearsals. But then I'm the person that's like, we have to get up at five in the morning to do breathing exercises and warm up. I'm going to go to the store and get all of the food. I'm going to make sure that the shots in it are what I think you're going for. You know, stuff like that, that I'm like, so she is like heading her own project, but I'm still there being like, I'm your fir- I'm your main assistant. Like I'm your first AD. And we kind of do that with a lot of stuff. Like the jigsaw, which you guys did, it was often me who would who would book the groups unless I asked her to help with that. And then she would always like find a lot of the posters or we'd do half and half 
And then um, I had her talk to the tech because since I'm a tech, I'm like way too particular. So then I was like, I can't worry about that. I just need to worry about performing. And you can, and if something messes up, it's yeah. We usually you guys. split up responsibilities yeah. in such a way that we both feel good. And like he said, having like someone where you're like, you captain this ship and I am your, like your right-hand man for this particular thing. Um, and it, that's usually apparent to us. Like we don't normally have to say it out loud. Can you quickly explain what The Jigsaw is? The Jigsaw is an improv show that we used to host pre-COVID at the Pack Theater, which was a, te- a show that was an hour long. It was 10 duo uh, improv teams. They would each do a five-minute mono scene. And so we tried to get a lot of our favorite actors and a lot of our favorite improv comedians to just get up there and try it because the commitment was low and there wasn't a lot of pressure on our show. It was really fun. It was so fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, It's time to disclose. Bonnie and I have performed that. Yes. You were some of our regulars. Yes. It was a good, it was a party. It was also like a, like Eric Honeycutt always talks about like his classes being a gym. You're just basically practicing in his class to do the thing that you do on the job. And that, this show, the jigsaw felt a lot like just a gym to practice. I love that. That show's connected us with more artists that we still connect with and work with today than anything else I've ever done. In fact, we only met Shelly through the Jigsaw. Yeah. That was exciting. That was an exciting time for, and also terrifying. I was so scared. High anxiety. (laughs) Was it your first time improvising? Well, we, remember. Bonnie decided to take a class, an improv class and asked me if I wanted to do it. And that was my first time improvising. And then taught by Anatasha at improv space. Yes, taught by Anatasha. And then we also did a little bit of um, uh, per, uh, what's the word? Not kissing. I'm making my hands look like it's kissing. Um, <laughs> making out. <laughs> yeah, it was a rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You coached our duo, but the the jigsaw is the first time that we performed as a duo. Yeah, and outside of our end of class show. Mm-hmm. At the improv space. This was our... Now, you wait, you came to that class because we were in acting class together, right? Yeah. And I asked you where I should take improv because I knew you two were improv people. And I was like, I think improv is going to be good for me and I'm terrified of it. From me. (laughs) Let's do it. Yep. I think that's reflective of what you guys were saying about people throwing questions to you. Because at least for us, it was like, well, we knew you from this class. And... Even in my introduction to you, Shelly, was like, oh, are you an actor? Like, I don't know, because you were like, well, this is my first time doing this, and I don't know. So then it was kind of like welcoming you into it, being like, is this going to be something you're going to want to keep doing, or is this going to be like a one and done for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, a lot of my, like, friendships and connections and um, artistic avenues are (laughs) through Bonnie. A lot of her friends who I've worked with now, and uh, she met Tasha through a acting class. And so I do get that a lot of the times when things are directed towards Bonnie, it's because she's the familiar one in the situation. I think that that's kind of true of Tasha and I in, especially with women, because like I always say Tasha's like a lady wrangler. Like she draws in, she's like a siren (laughs) for female artists. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, They like adore her and love her. So it's ironic because I've always been connected to female artists more, it seems like. I want to learn from a lot of them. A lot of my mentors are women. But when they meet Tasha, they're like, oh, my God, 
that I want you to be my best friend. So I think in the same way that you two had, there's a lot of people in our life that like, if they were with Tasha first, we've gotten a lot closer, but like I'm the secondary to what they already knew of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have my own friends that are artists and do stuff that like, obviously that's not the case, but there are so many people in our life that it's like, yeah, it was kind of through Tasha. Often I've wanted I'm to- embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Jacob is like, you know, I don't know, says nice things or just things that you like that I'm like, Oh, I I don't I just wouldn't think about it that way. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say that's probably true for how I ended up in friendship with you two, mainly because I trust women a lot more. So I gravitated to Tasha first, but Tasha so clearly was like, This, this is my human, and we are side by side in this thing. This is our friendship now. And then I begin to love you for who you are. But Tasha was my entry point. I've told Tasha that a That's lot. That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it. As an interesting point with clown is like, you're always trying to connect with other eyes and connect with other people. And in Jet Evelis clown church, there's an equal mix of men and women often in it. And I, I've told her extensively that it seems there'll be like some girl in the class that I'm like, feeling like an energy that I'm like, this is fun. But then when they're like, find a partner, like a lot of women will intentionally be like, nope, not going to a guy, even though like there's no stakes on our sexuality in this arena. And I always find that kind of interesting. So I've noticed that with our relationship where I'm like, oh, that's why when we're doing stuff for film, like again, men are more drawn in the arena of art with other men too. So then it's like, okay, I can like, this is her baby, but I can be like, the voice for it um, with this person, with this guy. At the risk of digging myself into a deeper hole, I would say it was a really quick entry point, let's say. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Um, Wow. In and out, fast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because, Jacob, the the only reason was because of my own history that led me to connect to Tasha first. The immediately once Tasha was like this person, I was like, great, you too, because you are a very non-threatening person. Your energy is very calm and very nice. I'm threatened right now. We're about to go. Are you? There's a lot of architecture in between you two right now. (laughs) But I would agree. Yeah. It was a quick entry. (sighs) (laughs) Damn it. Do we have any other things that we wanted to make sure that we asked them before we play our game? Oh, yes. A couple of more things. As romantic partners and creative partners, that was disgusting, Tasha. She just gave him a very adorable look when I said romantic partners. (laughs) Tasha loves using me as a a focal point. So (laughs) if you guys might notice this, when she's talking to you, she'll often look me in the eyes. And I'm like, no, 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 look at them, look at them. <laughs> I kind of like, I'll try and not look at her to be like, let's, okay. I just, I come back I'm like to a him. comfort it's like, blanket. Yeah, it's like I, I, I go back, I center, then I speak. I go back, <laughs> I can center myself, then I speak. That's disgustingly adorable. Yeah, I want to throw up right now. Um, but in the uh, best way. Yes, like a really adorable throw up. <laughs> Glitter and yeah, yeah. rainbows. Do you ever get professional jealousy when when somebody is succeeding or maybe taking a lead on a project that you're passionate about? I don't know. Ever 
ever happen? This is kind of interesting, I think, more for me because of what we talked about with um, particularly like with gender and race, because in improv, it is a lot of white guys. So Tasha being a great improviser gets her more attention. So whether she's a better improviser than me or not is not relevant. It's just like, oh, she's rare. She's this rare thing. People don't forget me if they meet me usually at an improv show, but they'll think that Jacob is like any member of Storm Chaser that's not me. Like, they'll be like you're Travis, right? You're Pish, you're Jesse, you're Storm Chaser. Oh, and no. it's like, I'm none of them, but. <laughs> so like kind of, but because of so much of a, like we pull each other up, it's like, it'll start that way maybe, but it never stays never, that yeah, way. Like it, we, we partner so that much that everything becomes like, we're here to lift each other up. So they might make me jealous. Like someone else will make me jealous about the, the opportunity, but I'm not jealous that like I'm being left out because she considers me and I'm always considering her. So we're always looking for things that are like, oh, you'd be perfect for this. Oh, maybe I can get you on this other thing that I'm doing. So yeah, I have yet to, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say it would never happen because who knows, but I don't think I have experienced professional jealousy where Jacob's concerned yet. I've yet to. Yeah, the literal professional things like that we've gotten paid for are like improv or acting and we've been able to do it together on all of those cases. So it, it, it really has been like, oh, we're able to help each other. Like the only reason I even taught at the improv space was because Tasha vouched for me. And I can empirically say that Tasha is a fantastic improv coach. And I feel good about where I'm at now, but when I even started, I was scared shitless of doing it and was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be good at this. And I knew Tasha was good. I was like, Tasha's very good at this. Yeah, we now we teach together and I feel like we have a really, we figured out a very nice give and take where we can kind of bring different sides of the same thing to the table and and Jacob's a great teacher too. So it's been really fun. That makes sense that doing things together would kind of mitigate the jealousy because you're side by side and doing all of that. I'm curious about when other people for you, Jacob, are making or creating those feelings for you. And then also reminding yourself that Tasha isn't the person that's creating those feelings. What is the process that you go through internally to not bring those feelings into your personal relationship with Tasha? That's a good question. You usually talk about it, don't you think? Yeah, I'm pretty open. So I hope it just never makes her feel guilty because I'll be like, oh, I don't like that that's happening and we can both see it happening. But ultimately, I, it's like I still just encourage her to go forward with whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, just do it. Let's see where it goes. Like we, it's not really a problem until it's a problem. So it might start as one thing, but like, it's usually just the idea of an opportunity, not an actual opportunity. No one's being like, Hey, we want you to come to Europe and do like a run of a show for the next six months. And like, just you, you know what I mean? If right. that happened, it'd be like, well, let's see what happens. Cause if you book that show, maybe like we can figure something out at that point. Yeah. And I don't, uh, yeah, you don't make me feel guilty. I don't feel guilty. Often I just get sad because sometimes I feel like Jacob is underappreciated. And I'm like, I don't think the world knows yet how funny he is. But I hang out with him every day and I'm like, this motherfucker's really fucking funny. <laughs> and like, they're in for a treat. But a lot of times, like, because I'm interested in doing like regional theater and some other things because I like Shakespeare and we just want to travel and do stuff. But because of 
the way that I look and I'm a woman and stuff like that, it's like, I am more unique. So it's like, if there's, um, you know, like hundreds of white dudes who are like applying to go do a, a Shakespeare play, which is like, that's typical, you know, um, they'll be like, oh, we need you. You are different. Like maybe we'll see you, but like they don't need him because they're like, we already have people who have been here for years and years and years because we've got our staple dude. But we don't have our staple Asian girl because we've never been casting Asian girls. But now we need to. I'll also say because so, we're comedy partners. Yeah. I feel like I'm always involved in the process anyway. So if she's auditioning for something or she has to write something, like I'm the backboard for all of it. It's like, well, you should do this joke. Oh, you should try this thing. Like I'm ba- I basically become her acting coach. Yeah. So it's but fun it's, for yeah. me most of the time. It's Tasha to brought to together. you by Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's so encouraging and stuff. But I am a little like, I'm like, I'm just waiting for the world to realize that I'm like dating a younger Paul Rudd. I'm like, they don't know. He's handsome. He's really fucking funny. They'll know at some point. She just loves me so much. <laughs> I know. It's really I cute. Do. It's really gross. Do. Take that, Kathy. You hear this, Kathy? Yeah, we talked about you earlier. Who, who are we talking about now? <laughs> Also, this is Tasha's talking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Classic Tasha. (laughs) So one last thing I want to know about your relationship. I mean, I want to know everything. Honestly, I want to just be in it. Um, (laughs) You can join. We can try it. uh, Leave it a test. Thank you. Wait, is there room for one more? Yeah. Chili. (laughs) (laughs) I meant a fourth, but no, I'm absolutely no, no, I'm it's fine. I'm sure I get a plus. I'm fine. Um, well, we have to reserve a spot for Eric Honeycutt in case he ever. <laughs> you mean to tell me <laughs> that four of my favorite humans are going to be in a relationship and I'm not a part of it? Well, Honeycutt doesn't seem interested, but this we just hurts we're just me. we like to keep it open just in case. Me and Julie are then going to. Yeah. Here, if you guys call dibs on Eric, I'm calling dibs on Julie. Oh, man. <laughs> I have no problem with that. <laughs> Eric, if you listen to this, please still love us. <laughs> okay, before I enter your relationship, I want to know when when conflict happens, if conflict happens, um, how do you deal with it? Do you guys have similar conflict resolution styles? Have you kind of created your own over the years? I mean, everything that you're telling us about um, working together and being together it seems like you figure out a way to like work through anything and really you don't even need to, it tends to be kind of common, like, Oh, we got this. But if there's been conflicts, how do you, how do you deal with it? I would say that, yes, there's conflict. Um, we're really, we really over communicate, like we communicate a lot. And so if we have a conflict, it does not go untalked. It doesn't go untalked about, but the key is to, um, I think create space from the emotion So we have a safe word where, because I'm a button pusher, we have a safe word, Squarespace, that's our safe word, not in a sexual way, but like in a, like if we're about to fight and somebody's like, I just, I need to walk away and I need you to walk away. And, um, no matter how mad we are, somebody says that word, we'd be like, cool, walk away and then give it to, you know, 20 minutes or some or whatever you need to cool down and then you come back and then we over communicate about it until we both feel like we can work through it better the next time. I think we're both pretty good at assessing why the conflict is happening. Um, Am I hungry? Am I tired? Yep. 
Am I irritated at someone else? Am I... Did I get enough sleep? Have I been around people too much? Have Have we been around each other too much? Have we had sex recently? Yeah. Have we had sex? And so if those things are all unchecked, then we kind of know, okay, well, it's probably one of those. So even if we can't resolve it right away, we're like, okay, well, it'll resolve itself. Yeah. And if it's not one of those, we'll be like, oh, we have something that we have to talk about in a deeper way to see like like if we can compromise or what that is. But most of the time it's like one of those other things, especially if the fight's something stupid. It's like, I'm hungry. I'm sleepy. I need alone time. Like it's always, it's actually that. Yeah. Did either one of you come to the relationship afraid of conflict or were you both pretty okay with having conversations like this that require deep vulnerability? I'm not afraid of conflict. I'm probably obnoxiously, I don't know. I'm a little, I I don't want to say I'm aggressive, but like I can get very heated. And like I said, I'm a button pusher. So I'm like, I'm like, let's talk it out right now. (laughs) I actually had to learn to be like, let's talk it out in 10 minutes when I can say, hey, what's up? And I'm sorry, you know. Well, I came from from a relationship prior to Sasha that was like actively non confrontational. To where I'd feel like guilty for feeling like upset by something. So with Tasha, it was actually honestly kind of nice to feel like she was just really passionate about her beliefs. So though it was frustrating where I'm like, this is the hill you're going to die on. (laughs) It's still like, at least you have one. So then it was easier to like push through that to be like, yeah, she cares though. Rent is the hill that I will die on. <laughs> so dumb. What? <laughs> the, him, and, him and Jared are both like, not, it's that's not whatever. True. And just, Kathy and I are like, we love that She's musical. just saying that because it just got brought up. It is not <laughs> something I care one way or another about. <laughs> this is his line in this. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what's my hill? What's my dumb hill to die on, Jacob? That we just disagree on? Yeah, I don't know if we have anything. I don't know. Nothing is, the other thing too is if if I have a moment, I'll be like, I love you more than I care about whatever this dumb thing is. Even if I'm angry and be like, I love you more than I care about, you know. We don't have any of those, you know, those lines that some people you find out in relationships have that you're like, oh, one person's like really conservative and one's really liberal or one's Christian and one's atheist, but somehow they make it work. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like Tasha and I have that other than she's a woman and I'm a man. Yeah, we don't have any of the big big stuff where we're like... (laughs) Like religion, money, kids, all those things were like totally on the same page. Yeah, not a lot of agree to disagrees. Yeah, no. No, if there's like, something she likes that I don't like, like Grey's Anatomy or something, like and why would that affect me? She just watches it by herself. That's <laughs> true. Like mama wants to watch your show and he'll be like, all right, I'm going to go play video games. So like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I have a tendency to want to share everything. If I love something, I want the person I love to also love that thing, which is very difficult. And Bonnie's always like, you can like it. And I'm like, no, you need to like it too. Hey, I will I will give you that though. I think there's something to that because when when someone's impassionate, then you don't think about them for anything. So then they're like, why, don't no, why does no one think about me? I love this thing more than them. But maybe that person has like, Taking it on for their personality. Like, oh, they're obsessed with Disney. So, like, you're not really the Disney one. And they might have had an annual pass their whole life. You know, something like that. But they're just not so passionate about it. But we've also found with, like, taking on really 
liking really bad films or something like like we've watched the fast and the furious franchise all the way through twice and i don't think they're great movies and she hadn't even seen them but like that's the thing we did together there's just something <laughs> about being like we can get behind this thing that makes it like an event so then when we got our roommate to like like it then we can all share that together yes. but if you don't have things that you're like I want to like that thing, even if you don't like it. Like then, it's like you gotta you share bond. things, but you don't have to share everything. <laughs> yes. But you do have to have things that you're like, we like to do this thing together. Jacob and I have a million of those things. So if I want to fucking watch Glee or some dumb shit <laughs> that he doesn't care about and that I'm embarrassed that I care about, I just do it by myself. Yeah, I guess that's one way I could look at it. Like, what do you just, think it is for you? Yeah, two? what is it for you guys? <laughs> Oh, man. What do I love that you don't? Well, I've been I, I'm always trying to get everybody on the Doctor Who train because I, was just I just feel say Doctor Who. I feel so alone in it. <laughs> like I have. Oh, you fit in with my girlfriends. <laughs> they all love Doctor Who. And I'm like, don't care. Uh, hurt me. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> just if you cut me, I bleed, Tasha. <laughs> Here's the thing. I I can appreciate Doctor Who and I've retained certain facts um, to show Shelly that I do care that I I hold this show in high regard because I, I trust her opinion of it. Am I going to choose to watch Doctor Who on my own time? Probably not. But if she's watching Doctor Who and I know she likes it when I come in and just spend time with her while maybe I'm doing something else and she's doing something, but we're in the same room because quality time. Um, I'll be in there and I will know what's happening and I'll, I'll get into it, but it's not a show that like I want to watch, but I'm trying, I'm trying to do my best to show her that I, I hold it in high regard. Yeah. You do a good job of that. I think we both do a really good job at trying to find the reason why the other person loves this thing and, and believing that reason and having that reason themselves. Like Bonnie is a big Taylor Swift fan and I've never been really that interested in her music, but before like Bonnie's passion about it, I, I had no caring about it. And now that, you know, she's tried to show me like that it's important to her. I see why it's important to her. And I, I, you know, enjoy it. I don't actively go out and try to listen to Taylor Swift, but like I can appreciate why it's important and why it's good and why she loves it. So I think that even if we don't have, you know, the, the same loves, we also don't, I hate using this phrase, but we don't yuck each other's yum. <laughs> wow I've never heard that phrase and I hate it really it's totally like a as a camp counselor thing I think we don't yuck each other's yum <laughs> it That's feels right, so sexual that really and it feels like dirty. it's like word mastication in and of itself <laughs> yuck. yuck each other's yum I had a like visceral reaction to that phrase I couldn't think of another way to put it <laughs> Jacob's definitely got me into some stuff that I wasn't into before like got, what got me really into John Mayer Oh. JM. Um, I feel like I was really into sports as a kid, but he like renewed my love of watching sports. I got her into acting and improv. No. She never done that before. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I got her into Shakespeare. I introduced no. on a All of her success is due to you, Jacob. <laughs> I feel like I forced Shakespeare on him and then and now he he has come to appreciate it. Uh, you can't say that. No. Well, true, because in college he played Romeo and Romeo and Juliet, but I... Ever but, heard of it? Ever heard of it? <laughs> this little I, thing called... I feel like I re-bring it into your life way more than most people are just have to deal with it. Let's be honest. Yeah. I don't encounter Shakespeare in my day-to-day life, yeah, it's so... Like, 
literally before you like five minutes before you guys got here, I was like, listen, this is what King Lear's about. And this is why I like it. And this, listen to this quote. Isn't King Lear good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Shakespeare's a good example because, uh, we both nerd out about language and we like poetry, but she went to school for, for classical acting. And so she like loves to go see Utah Shakespeare festival, which Honestly, with a lot of like regional theater and stuff I, I, I've gone to, I'm like, eh, it's kind of like I, I don't see that much that's good. So I probably if we weren't together, I probably wouldn't see it very Listen, often. Listen, Shakespeare is just like improv. When it's good, okay, it's magical. But most of it's not good because it's hard. And Shakespeare and improv are both like jazz. They are like jazz, they are, are they like not? jazz, yes. I always try to find a way to bring up jazz. Dude, they Ooh. are. They are. That's a hundred, I'm like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, they're jazz. And you're like, when it's good, you're like, holy crap. But you're like, it's hard for it to be good. Yeah, when it's bad, it's noise. Yeah, when it's bad, it's fucking awful. I agree. Okay. I just can't wait until we play this game. I'm like, I'm so excited. Yeah, we're going to learn about each other and who has the better relationship very, very (laughs) soon. (laughs) So let's take a short break to drink some sparkling water and we'll get back in a second. We're not dating at all. Thanks for listening to Everybody Ships Us. This podcast is executive produced by Schmangy Incorporated and is hosted, produced, and edited by Shelley Norfleet and Bonnie Dolan, with help from our production assistant, Brianna Chapelier. Our theme song was written by Bonnie Dolan and arranged by Andrew Carter, who also does our mixing and mastering. Our cover art was shot by Cynthia Price and designed by Shelley Norfleet. To get into contact with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Everybody Ships Us, and on Twitter at Ships Us Pod. Or you can email us at everybodyshipsus at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast listening app.